It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk anywhere you get your podcast today. We're doing a deep dive into the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New York Jets, week four of the Steelers. Somewhat of a must-win game. We expect changes. There are some big injuries. Plenty to talk about. But first, it's a great day out here in the Burke. It is freezing cold. I don't know what Kentucky looks like in the end of September, but it is freezing cold in Pittsburgh, and I'm loving it. Yeah, it, it it's a little chilly, man. I ain't going to lie. I, it was a little <laughs> chilly when I was walking out of work this morning. So, um but yeah, I don't know. Something about that fall air makes me feel really good. I don't know. It's, it feels like football season. So I'm kind of excited that, you know, the 85, 90 degree weather is probably behind us. Oh, yeah. Nobody look at nobody likes 80 degree weather. Even people who are like, oh, yeah, I love the summer. No, you love the fall. The problem with fall is that it lasts about 13 days and then it goes to straight winter. But you're right. There's nothing like, you know, I walk to I go for runs in the morning, walked outside saw the breath i was like oh it's football season that's what it's just it's just straight football season it's not fall it's football season there's pumpkins everywhere my house has pumpkins all over it gotta love it gotta love it all right let's get into the pittsburgh steelers new york jets week four steelers are one and two heading into this game kind of a must win let's start there do you look at this game and say if the pittsburgh steelers lose it's over or do you look at this game and say it's still early and there's no need to panic they need to win this game. I don't I don't know if you can ever call like a week four game like a true like must win. Maybe we do overuse that phrase a little bit, but I definitely think this is one they absolutely have to have. And the reason is just because of the schedule they have coming up. Um, you know, Buffalo, Tampa, Philly, Miami. I mean, they're not gonna be favored in any any of those four games as of right now. Um So, and I don't really know that I expect that to change, even if they win on Sunday. Um, So just with with that stretch of games coming up before the bye week, this is one that they absolutely have to have. I I agree. I think that you look at this and it is, it's week four, one and two. You're only a game behind in the AFC North. Like it's not detrimental if you lose this game, but you can't expect to win in Buffalo. I mean, I don't know what the Miami situation is going to be moving forward. So. Maybe that game's a little easier than many people thought, but you can't expect to go into Tampa or to play Tampa and go into Philly 
and win all of them. You know, you're going to you're probably going to walk out of the next five games with a losing record. That's OK. You know, as long as you, you have enough to support you for the rest of the season. I think if you're one and eight walking into the week nine bye week, you're in trouble. If you're three and five, you're looking at a much better situation coming out and playing New Orleans and the, the much easier half of your schedule. So I, I agree on that one. Um, you look at the Jets. I believe it's like they definitely lead the league in second year guys and snaps. I'm not sure if it's the same with their rookies. They get Zach Wilson back this week. I think that's a headline. I don't know how big that headline is, though. He's three and ten. They expected good things out of him, but like, you know, he's three and ten all time. The team is still very much developing. They're an onside field are they're an onside kick away from being 0-3 right now. So it's not like they're as scary as many people want to put them to be. Do you look at the Jets and say, man, this is a big challenge? Or do you look at the Jets and say, okay, this is maybe a little little overhyped of a situation? I think this is a game that they absolutely need to win. And not just because of the schedule, but I think just looking at this Jets team, like like you mentioned, the youth that they're relying on over there is um, unique. Um, they're a really, really young team. Um, that's playing a lot of rookies. I mean, they have three first-round draft picks um, with Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Jermaine Johnson. Uh, They got a lot of second-year guys that's playing. They got a banged-up offensive line who's – they've been shuffling pieces around. They've got a tackle situation that's been pretty rough due to injuries. Um, You know, they do have some veterans, particularly with the linebackers, um, but it's a group that's really young. They're getting Zach Wilson back, like you mentioned. I'm not sure if that's going to be a great thing for them, but just by watching Flacco the first three weeks, it would be pretty hard not to be an upgrade over that. I think Joe's missed a lot of throws, man. These receivers are getting a good amount of separation, um, and that's that's not been very kind. The film has not been very kind for Flacco, in my opinion. So we'll see if he does, um, you know – give them a spark because they really, really need it. <laughs> I I had no idea Joe Flacco was bad. Like I looked at the Joe, I was like, oh, 37 year old Joe Flacco. We won a game. He's rowdy. And this is here we go. Love it. Cause I, you know, I had a lot of respect for Joe Flacco. I, and then I watched your film review that you put out today. And I, that, that sent me down a little bit of a wormhole looking up what Joe Flacco has done through this season. And it's been bad. It's been much worse than I expected. He's just so quick to check the ball down. I mean, they've got receivers that can get open. Uh, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson were, I mean, they were torching some of these man coverage looks um, against, you know, some of these teams. And he's just so quick to check the ball down Um, and just his accuracy in general. I mean, there's plays where guys are just running wide open. He's not able to get the ball to him. So, um, I don't know. Zach Wilson's film last year, I didn't watch a ton of him, but I watched a couple games. The big thing that stuck out to me was just trouble manipulating the pocket um, and standing in there to make throws. He just had happy feet way too often, which, you know, could be good or could be bad if the Steelers are able to get pressure more so than they have in the past couple weeks. That could be really good. Um, or, you know, if he has all day back there, maybe he feels pretty comfortable coming in and uh, not as rusty as we're kind of anticipating. Yeah, but it, the Steelers took advantage, and I get that the pass rush is not the same without T.J. Watt, but 
if you're going to have happy feet in the pocket, if you're not going to have the awareness that a guy like Mac Jones has, Jacoby Brissett's, I feel like a different situation. The Steelers could take advantage of that. I don't expect Cam Hayward to be put in a box all season long without TJ Watt. Alex Highsmith's, I mean, he's leading the league right now in sacks. You could say whatever you want. I think Alex Highsmith's here to stay. Like this is this is a guy that it's year three. This is when the growth is made. There was a reason that he didn't start or that he started over Melvin Ingram. I look at this defense as, you know, if he, if he's if he's gonna have poor pocket awareness, they could take advantage, which is gonna lead to mistakes in the back end. I like that a lot. Leads to the big question though for the Steelers, Akello Witherspoon. Not playing. Cam and Levi, which are two reliable corners, but Garrett Wilson and Elijah Elijah Moore are. I mean, I don't know who's faster, but they both both might be. That's that's a Jalen Waddle Tyree kill situation. Not as good, obviously, but it's that same tandem, all speed. Cam Sutton, Levi Wallace, not speed. Big worry. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that could play out in the Jets' favor, just the overall athleticism. Uh, but the Steelers are really going to face that with most teams they play just because they don't have a lot of speed at corner. Witherspoon being out is a big deal, though, because he's kind of the guy that does have um, some speed to his game. Um, and one thing that's really interesting to me uh, – hold on, I'm going to address this. Donald said that Flacco was leading the NFL in passing yards. He's only averaging 5.8 yards per attempt, man. That's really just volume based. That's really hey, not point three better that. than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that that's not any better than uh than what we're kind of looking at. That's just volume. But um, no, nah, it's gonna be interesting to see because they they move the receivers around. They don't have like stationary spots. Um, they'll move Garrett Wilson. A lot of his productions came in the slot. Um. They'll move Corey Davis in there, who's kind of a bigger body target. They'll move um, Elijah Moore in there a little bit, too. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers elect to mix and match their corners based on, like, personnel. If yeah. they choose to play Cam Sutton, like, strictly outside during this game without Witherspoon, or if they move him inside during sub-package football and maybe put James Pierre on the outside, we'll get that'll be really the first time that we get to, uh, you know, see him. So – I'm looking forward to seeing like what their game plan is on stopping um, the wideouts for sure. Do you think that James is that Pierre's an option here? He he's, I mean, outside of Akello, he's definitely the most athletic option that they have. Yeah. I mean, I think he could certainly come into play. I mean, it just depends if they, I mean, their other option is they could leave Sutton outside and then kick Norwood into the slot. Um, I don't think that they really want to play Mallette. No, if Mallette lines up. an obvious passing downs. Yeah, if Mallette, like you might as well just put Devin Bush out there and say, (laughs) and just say, figure it out. There's no, no, it can't be Mallette. I could see Norwood, especially if Minka plays, which I expect Minka to play. Um, But I I think James, I think James Pierre on the outside. I mean, James is, he struggled last year. We can't deny that, but he is definitely the fastest of the group. If he's going to stick with these guys, it's just a matter of can his instincts hold up and he looked good. You know, you yeah. saw him, we saw him at training camp. He looked good when he had to fill in for cam Sutton for a little while, yeah. but that is training camp. That's a totally different story. Yeah. So just got to make sure we're staying on. He just got to make sure he's staying on that upfield shoulder, man. And you know, not being late to flip his hips. That was really his, um, his downfall last year was those explosive plays that he gave up, particularly against the Bengals. Um, you know, that's it's just hard to come back from that 
um, when you're a corner, eventually, you know, coaches are going to look another way if you're giving up a bunch of big plays. So, no, I agree. I mean, it, they're going to stare right at him. If James Pierre is on the field, that's where the ball is going. Oh, James Pierre, they're going to test. They're going to test whoever's out there this week. I mean, as long oh, as yeah. the protection holds up, like I said, they've got some issues at the tackle spot. Yeah, um, what are they? Who they? Who they rocking with starting left tackle this week? I think it's still. Is it? I think it's still going to be Connor McDermott. I mean, they they've lost uh, multiple guys to injury, so they're down to like their third or fourth left tackle. Um, which again, Alex Hasmus' schedule. I was going to say up. that could be a day. Dude, that could be I'm, a day. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that he could end up like he's going to be in the running, I think, for the sack leader. I mean, as crazy as that is with TJ not playing, but um, Alex has really came into his own, I feel like, over these past couple weeks. And he's really stepped up without Watt in there. And you look at, um, you know, the schedule of tackles that he's going to play. I mean, he's going to get a backup again this week. Um, Donovan Smith for the Bucks is banged up at the moment. Um, that's who they would play here in a couple weeks. So he's got a couple favorable matchups coming up to where he could easily, I could see him getting a couple multi-sack games here. Um, we'll see how aggressive the Jets are about, you know, chipping him or, you know, sliding protection his way. But yeah, but you can't do that. I mean, like, I think the best part about Alex Highsmith this season is that, yeah, there is emergence there. And like you said, he could lead the league in sacks six weeks from now, but you can't take away from, I mean, you have two proven guys in the middle in Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi. And even if they aren't producing right now there, you can't look at an offensive line and say, all right, guys, just, you know, let them be. We're going to, we're going to figure out Alex Highsmith. That's not the game plan. No matter what you could do that to TJ White. You can't do that to Alex Highsmith. So I agree with the chips, but the protections as a whole, I don't think Alex faces a lot of double teams or slides his way. I think that's still going to be kind cam hayward you're right this could be i mean four and a half sacks by week nine if he's already the, the his highest his a career high in sacks that's a year for alex highsmith right there you got to win i mean the steelers are still zero and seven without tj watt so you have to figure out how to win do you do you credit that to defense at all do you credit the zero and seven to the defense not being able to get anything done without tj or do you just look at it like a weird stat because the offense is so bad right now. I think it can be both, you know, obviously I don't think you can really measure TJ's full impact. I mean, there's, it's not, you know, coincidence that the defense completely looks um, much different when he's not in the lineup. And that's to be expected when you have like, you know, a defensive player of the year caliber type of player, um, you know, but the offense, I mean, they they really haven't really done much. Uh, with without him either so they're definitely um, at least partially to blame um, with that record um, I, I still think that this is going to be a game that they can win even without Watt which I know is a tough thing to ask but I still think that they can win they have matchups across the board that I feel like work in their favor particularly Haas Miss um, and just seeing how well he's played I will say that they've really got to get more um, from the other guys in terms of pass rushing. Like, Highsmith is carrying um, their trenches right now. You look at even Cam Hayward, he's off to a slow start, but he's facing a good amount of double teams. Um, they need more from guys like Ogan Joe I know Montrevious Adams, he's going to be inserted into the starting lineup this week, so more playing time for him. Um, 
Malik Reed only has a couple pressures through three games. Um, you know, he's playing a lot of snaps now without Watt in the fold. They need more from him. Um, so those other guys, they've got to start kind of helping him carry a little bit of that weight. And if they can make, um, you know, Wilson feel uncomfortable in the pocket, I'm telling you, there's going to be there's going to be turnovers um, that could potentially, you know, come of that. What about the run defense? There's a question here. I, if we're being honest, like Brees Hall looks really good, but he's a rookie. How many rookies can you rely on? Michael Carter, obviously, is Michael Carter. He had a good season last year, continues to look all right. I look at the run defense and say, are the run offense of the Jets and say, this is talented. But just like you said, there's going to be turnovers. Like, I don't expect this to be a Steelers have to chase the lead type of game. I Even if I expect it to be close, and I, I you know, until proven otherwise, I'm going to look at every single game as it's going to be close. I still expect the Steelers to be out in front and for the Jets to have to somewhat play catch up ball. I don't expect a lot of run. Plus, Brees Hall and Mike Carter are both utilized in the pass game just as much as they're utilized in the run game. But at the same time, you know, the run the run defense has struggled, and these two are very young, developed, yeah. like good backs. Yeah, I think game script is going to play a big part in that, right? Um, the Jets yeah. have been playing from behind really all season, so we haven't really got to see a ton of their run game. I mean, they've, they've been down. They've been having to come from behind. Um, so that's going to limit the opportunities that your backs can have carrying the football. They do utilize them in the past game. Uh, Michael Carter was a guy that I really liked coming out, and I really, really liked Brees Hawk because he was my RB1 coming out this past year. Um, really good player um, in college for a long time, can do a little bit of everything. Um, really love watching him run the ball, but I just don't know. Like you said, it's going to depend on game script. If the Steelers are able to actually show some signs of life early, um, and turn this into a make Zach Wilson beat us from behind type of game. Um, that that kind of eliminates some of the threat of them running the football kind of down their throats. Now, if it's close, um, like the Steelers kind of have been in in recent weeks, then there's a potential chance that that could definitely come back and bite them. Um, yeah. The Jets have some quality interior offensive linemen that can kind of move people in like a zone blocking scheme. So uh, Lakin Tomlinson, he's kind of come into his own late, like later in his career. He kind of took a little bit to develop, but he was a big free agent signing for them. He's a pretty good player. Um, they got some guys up front that can move some people. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, the outside of the left tackle situation, the offensive line does look good. Tomlinson was a dude I thought the Steelers could look at potentially this offseason, last offseason? When did he sign? This, the Jets, last? He signed this year, I think. This offseason. I think, I, yeah, I believe it was. It, I, rem, I just remember him being an option for the Steelers, and I looked at that. So I agree, but I, I still think, like, and there's a good question out there, is this a trap game? Like, that's how I look at this, is the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come in here, and I think they're going to come in here red hot just because that's what they do in, in games like this. You know, Matt Canada is going to throw everything up against the wall. The defense is going to look real good right at the beginning because they're rested off of 10 days of rest. Put the Jets in a rough situation, and then it's just about do the Jets stick with what they wanted to do or do the Jets adjust, and now they say, hey, Zach Wilson, go win us a football game. I don't know if I trust Zach Wilson to win a football game. You know, yeah. he's 3-10 and 10 right now. I get that that team's rough, but. I don't think this is going to be a Browns game where it's like, okay, if you stop the running game, you're going to win. I think the Jets, there's an opportunity where you put the Jets in a rough spot early, 
the Jets game plan is going to pretty much eliminate what they got going on there in the running game by themselves. So that's just, I mean, and that's just my expectations. I don't watch a lot of Jets football. You know, even if Jets are playing Sunday night, Monday night football, I don't know how often I'm turning that on. You know, I'm, I'm chilling. I lose enough money as it is. I don't really need to be out here just wasting money on the Jets, you know? Yeah. Um, let's answer this one, though. Do you, cons- do you consider this a trap game? Can you ha- be a trap game one and two? two I don't. I don't think you can have a trap game when you're one and two. <laughs> I, I just that's just me. Um, you know, this is just a game that they absolutely have to win, in my opinion. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, I think there's there's a must win kind of feel because of the schedule that lies ahead. So, um, you know, the Jets. I know we kind of talked um, about a lot of the negatives kind of with their team, but like I said, they do have some weapons on offense, um, some young guys that can make some plays, and then. You know, I think their interior offensive line uh, with Tomlinson and uh, Vera Tucker has a couple good players as well. So, oh, I forgot. They're they're definitely not. They're definitely not scrubs, but this just isn't a a team that I feel like um, should be able to come in on the road and you know just win the game. Do you? Okay, so I'm going to ask a really dumb question here because I was talking to somebody and they brought him up. Would you have rather drafted Vera Tucker, which I understand he wasn't available, or traded the bears for a healthy Tevin Jenkins. Cause somebody brought that up to me the other day and I was like, Oh, that's, that's a tougher situation than I think I, I would know how to answer. Yeah. I, I liked Vera Tucker a lot as a prospect. Um, I was yeah, but a, Tevin Jenkins. You weren't high on Tevin Jenkins. I, wasn't I was high. That high on Tevin Jenkins. I didn't no, think no. I, I, I thought Jenkins had a long way to go in pass pro. Um, I, I like the physicality in the run game, and he could definitely provide you, um, you know, some sparks there. But I thought he was right tackle only, and he wasn't a guy that I thought was just going to come in and play extremely well um, as a pass protector, which we've kind of seen some of that. But I think some of his struggles can also be attributed to, to the fact that he hasn't been, like, completely healthy. Um, yeah. I know he had that back injury. It, it's always kind of hard to say. Uh, just like with rookies um, – you know, you you kind of got to give them two two full years, really three, depending on the position, to kind of feel like um, you have a good um, feel for you know how they've adjusted to the pro level. Um, but Vera Tucker, I think, is definitely a, a good player. I think he's going to be a really good player for a long time for the Jets. Um, I think the jury's still out on Jenkins. I know they've. Um, I think Chicago yeah, he's dealt also- with every injury. They thought they've also like tweaked around with moving him inside or potentially yeah. moving him inside. So, yeah. which again, that might be a better fit for his skill set, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I I mean, whatever you say, you know what I mean? Like you're the draft guy. If I have a question, I just text you or I ask you. And then whatever you say, I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, that's my new train of thought for the rest of time because <laughs> I'm wrong. And I understand that I'm wrong. All right. Let's get into the defense a little bit. Our the offense a little bit. We just talked a lot about the defense. Let's get into the de- or the offense a little bit. Mr. Trubisky, the whole nine. But first, we got a word from our boys at Manscaped. Welcome to Fresh Ball Fall. It's time. It's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excessive leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. 
Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. Whether you're brand new or already with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of care for your family jewels, the Platinum Package 4.0. With the glorious package, you can align your entire hygiene routine all in one swoop. Inside this 10-part Platinum Package is everything you know and love about the Performance Package, plus some shower goodies included to elevate your grooming game to Platinum. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof, so you can keep scaping even as the weather's changing. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. And don't worry, it's not pumpkin spice. It's cologne-quality fragrance. Even if if it was pumpkin spice, I'd be pretty hyped. I won't lie to you. But we should have a signature scent for our pits. Use Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to make sure your go-to smell is top shelf and not sweaty balls. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag, both specifically made to hold your goodies. Get the Platinum Package this fall. These products are guaranteed to be hits for your dangly bits. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code STEALERS20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped. Clear out the leaves. It's your tree's trunk. Time to shine. Love them. Love them. Um, yeah, I got to I gotta ask the audience out there, everybody, you know, chilling. Um, if you guys want me to block this, the great one, just let me know. You know, I'm not, I, I get, I'm not about trolls. Oh, I think you're, I think you're muted. Sorry. No, I, I didn't want to interrupt your ad read. Um, I think they're kind of having fun with uh, Buddy a little bit. I got to ask, though, my question the to the great one. Like, bro, do you not have anything else better to do? I mean, clearly you don't. But, like, you've been on a Steelers podcast for 25 minutes trolling listeners. Trolling. Like, trolling. Bro, he did just sad. say that he won $2 million bucks, though. Let's do some giveaways. Come on, man. Jump on the yeah, show. You want to talk Bengals, Steelers? It's funny, funny. You do a giveaway, we'll match it. We'll do a giveaway with you. Oh, we got we got keepers. We got block them. Love it. I love everybody that like if you I love the people that and I appreciate everybody out here. But like you could tell if you're like a first time here for the ad read and you're like and you're like, oh, we kept a straight face. I'm always keeping it. I love those things. I tell Manscaped all the time. I saw somebody at training camp and they were like, dude, I love your ad reads, man. You're like, they didn't even know my name. They're like, you're the Manscaped guy, right? I was like, that's me. That's who I am. That's how I am. Um, all right. So subscribe to appreciate y'all. Um, yeah, one, $2 million. Come on. Let's, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk, do some giveaways. I'm all about it. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about the Steelers offense. Mitch Trubisky, Najee Harris, Matt Canada, a lot going on here. Okay. The New York jets, you're one and two. 
I will say this, and I asked George Pickens and he gave me nothing, but you guys all know that I just break all the rules on the show and I'm going to continue to do so. I tried to get it out of Pickens that they've been doing nothing but throwing deep all day to him all week long. Like I don't think they've run another play at practice besides deep ball to George Pickens. So do you expect that? Or do you just think, okay, you know, they're going to practice it. They're going to practice it. They're going to practice it. And then come the game, they're going to throw four yard passes. They're all going to be along the sideline and they're going to stink. Uh, I think good things happen when they throw to George. So I would prefer that they at least, you know, try to do that. I would like to see his, um, his route tree kind of be diversified a little bit. Pretty much the only thing he's running right now is hitches and go routes. Yeah. So when you're running that type of route tree, you're basically a decoy a lot of the time. And that's pretty much what he's been um, so far. But, you know, you got to give him chances. And I, I know some people um, have kind of talked about, is he open? Is he not open? George is saying he's open like 99% of the time. I'm not really sure I agree with that. But there have been times where he's had separation. Yeah. And also with Pickens, like if you watch him at Georgia, he's unique um down the field too because just because there's a guy near him does not mean that he can't make the catch he's a guy that you've got to give a chance to in those contested catch situations and you look at it already i mean last week was a good example like he can win those 50 50 balls so you just gotta win every one of those if he can make those catches he said that was his seventh best catch of his life he's been saying that he's been saying that since he was at georgia I know that's always that's always just yeah seven. Even when he made that that tip it to himself one handed grab at training camp, it was seven. I went back and looked. Have y'all look if Steelers fans? If y'all, I'm sure y'all have because there was a bunch of hype around him. You know, after he was drafted, um, I think partially because I was banging the table for that. But um, <laughs> uh, if you if you haven't already, man, go to YouTube and watch some of his like practice catches. That's what oh, he said. He said most of them gosh. are in practice. He said most of the crazy ones are in practice, which like, you know, it, it's one thing like that would be disappointing if it wasn't if if it didn't happen on Thursday night. If it wasn't like, OK, well, you know, it clearly translates to the game. If you give him the opportunity, that was ridiculous. That was the greatest. In my Pretty opinion, good. like people say that the OBJ catch is the greatest catch of all time. That smokes the OBJ catch smokes the OBJ catch. It's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know how I'd rank it, but it, it's one of the better catches that I've seen. I mean, that was um, just phenomenal, you know. So yeah, I, he, I don't know. Ridiculous. I definitely think that they need to get him more involved. It's just a matter of, um, you know, when you're only running really two routes, you know, they're only running curls and go routes with him. It's going to be hard to do that. Like I said, he's going to be used as a decoy a lot. But I would like to just see like one to two shots a game. Um just down the field just to give him a chance to win those 50 50 balls. Um, the Steelers offense, you know, has done a little bit better in terms of um, throwing the ball down the field more, uh, but they're still not getting a ton of explosive plays. And that's just kind of what, what, what they're kind of looking for. Do you think Mitch is a guy that could push it on the field consistently? Accuracy wise? No. Um, that's okay. something that he's really struggled with really his entire career feel like you need um, that if you're gonna throw the football but okay yeah but i, like I mean he has he has shown more of a you know a tendency to do so so you gotta at least recognize that um you know his his eight eyes averaged at the target this year is like i want to say like it's top 10 in the nfl i mean they they have it's not that they haven't tried to push the ball down the field they just haven't been very successful in doing so and they're still not using 
anything close to the middle of the field. Yes. And that was the one thing like, in, again, I, I'm not allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. It, it was, it was all, a lot, I'll just say it was all a lot of the same. You know, it was a lot of good when it was deep balls to, to Pickens and he was burning everybody. Like I get that it's a scout team defense, but it wasn't like he was burning them by a yard. Like he was 15 yards in front of people catching the football. Like it wasn't even close. Um, but there, it was a lot of the same. And you do, you have to find the middle of the field. I think that's more important than pushing it deep is if you could get guys like Pat Fryermuth involved and you could get, you know, Chase Claypool involved in the middle of the field instead of the outside of the field, possibly get Gunner involved. It opens everything up and it's going to open up the outside. Like you want Pickens to be open on the outside. You want Deontay Johnson to be open on the outside. Draw attention to the middle of the field and make sure that defenses have to cover the whole thing instead of stacking the box and playing too high and understanding that's all they need to do. It's over. You know, you don't have to change anything at that point. So uh, Mitch is a tough one. I get that. It's even tough to keep talking about it because at this point, it's like, okay, well, we've seen what they're doing. It's more about what they should be doing. We understand what they should be doing. Talked about it for three weeks. Now it's, are they ever going to do it? You know, and Matt Canada seemed to say that, you know, it's going to work. It's going to work. We just have to keep doing it and it's going to work. I don't believe him, but, you know, he could tell yeah. that. He's hitting the end of the line there. Do you expect anything in the run game to switch? Because this is the thing. There's a lot of people giving up on Najee Harris a ton. Like Najee Harris is terrible, blah, 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 blah. I went back because I was like, why is it? Like, I get it. He's having three rough games, but so is the entire team. So what are we doing here? And you look at you look at the numbers. Najee stunk until week four last year because the offensive line stunk and couldn't open any holes all season long. The offensive line running wise is much better. And I get that, but now she's not having like terrible games. He's rushing for 50 yards week four. He had 81 or something. And then it, from there on, it was just like hundred yard game, 80 yard game, hundred yard game. I expect this week to possibly do the same. Like, do you live with the notion that Najee's an issue or do you live with the notion that, you know, Najee could be, this is, it could just be just like last season. Najee could be a little bit better. He's missed some holes um, on the ground game. Still a little bit of a tendency to kind of bounce stuff, maybe not be as decisive as he should be. Um, but this is very much a offensive line running game that's under construction. I mean, they got a lot of new faces. Um, you know, they got yeah. a new center, a new right guard. Kevin Dotson barely played last year. So really the tackles were really like, you know, the only piece is really returning. Um, you know, they are, it does seem like they're kind of moving to more of like a zone blocking scheme um, this year. And I think that fits what Najee wants to do. I'm not sure if that's going to be the strength necessary of their offensive line. We'll wait and see. Um but I do think there have been there was flashes against Cleveland, particularly in those two scoring drives where they were moving the ball down the field and, you know, not just through the air, but on the ground as well. Um, and that's really something that needs to continue. You just want to continue to see progress. I think with Najee, he just got to be a little bit more decisive, um, you know, not be so quick to bounce stuff just because he's, you know, a really good athlete. and He kind of got away with that at Alabama. I don't think we should be pressing the panic button on Najee. Maybe he's not the um, 
that elite playmaker that many people thought that they were getting like right off the bat, but I, I'm definitely not pushing the panic button. Like, you know, I've been seeing people on Twitter saying like bust and I, I just, I don't agree with that. Not a bust. Um, not a so, bust. There's so many intangibles. You that you, yeah. You got to give it time. And there's so many, there's so many other things like Najee's just a very reliable football player. And, and I agree with you. He, his vision Needs work. I don't know if it'll ever get any better or if that's just something that he's going to have to live with. But I honestly, I think the other part of this is I have a lot more faith in the offensive line today than I've had in the last two years. And I think that could only get better. Huh? Longer Longer than than that. that. Yeah. Possibly three years. Like it's been so long before you look at offensive line. And even this year, we talked all summer about offensive line is going to suck. It's going to be terrible. And it's expect the worst. Here we are. And I'm like, the offensive line ain't bad. Like, yeah. it's not good. They're bad. bad. They're bad in the preseason. Somehow in the first three weeks, they played really good. So, I mean, they're like not not great, but, you know, especially they've been solid and way above expectation, in my opinion. So, oh, way above expectations um, and reliable. I think they've been reliable enough. You know, they're, they, yeah. they have their mishaps, no doubt. There's a lot of bad penalties you got to get rid of. But, I mean, we're past the days of you get in the red zone and, Dan Moore gets called for four holding calls in a row, and then everybody jumps except for the center. Like, those aren't happening. And I think the, the veteran pieces are adding to this. So I think that if that develops, their passing cover, their their pass protection right now is their best asset. And I think that you keep developing this run game, the offensive line is going to click with the run game. Like, I actually have some faith there. It's like – it's cr- it's crazy how much faith I have in in the offense, but I mean the 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 end of the end of the day, the only question that remains is you know do you expect anything to change or do you look at this and say it's just going to be the same? I just I I don't think we're going to get the wholesale changes that many people are looking for out of this offense. I mean, you, it's yeah. just so hard to kind of overhaul what you're kind of planning for in the off season. Um, you know, there are things that they can do a little bit better. I mean, some of the not using the middle of the field is on Mitch. Some of it's on Canada, um, in my opinion, but I'm really looking forward to seeing, um, just the continual improvement. If we continue to get this, um, upward trajectory from the offensive line, that's obviously going to help the run game. Um, I just think they just need to be more consistent, man. Like there's been a couple flashes, um, and they, they have been willing to use Jalen Warren a little bit more than they've used previous backup running backs, which I think is good. Jalen um, Warren's also the best backup running back they've had in since James Conner. Yeah. Since James Conner. And then James Conner wasn't even that good as a rookie. Yeah. So it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Jalen Warren gets involved, but I agree. I think you look at this and it's until proven otherwise your expectations it's just like the offense flying and hopefully it's the same result but you look at this and until until you've seen until you've seen it you just got to look at it and say this is going to be the same and honestly Matt Canada's comments were not very things are going to change it was more we're just going to keep doing it and eventually it's going to click you're like no it's not it's been two years it's not change it you know there's a there's a thing in here about Canada sounds like a boyfriend that just keeps cheating i get i mean he he, and he knows you know like he knows he he laughs walking up to the podium when he's about to do his press conferences he fully understands that there is no steelers fan left who has faith in this offense you know and it's on him but 
I, I mean, there's been a lot of Todd Haley talk. A lot of Todd Haley oh, talk. Oh, God. Could you imagine if the Steelers called him and he was just sitting there with his parrot or something? You know, did you ever see his house in Florida? It's like. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's it's enclosed. So, like, the pool area is enclosed. And he's just got, like, wild birds and giant trees flying all over the pool area. Oh, yeah. It's great. Uh-huh. And he, like, they just, yeah, yeah, if you're into that, no doubt. But I can I'm just sure, see that. I'm sure they got a tequila cowboy down there somewhere. <laughs> I think sometimes he just makes his way back up. I think that's, yeah. you know, when he started, where is he coaching now? He's coaching, is he coaching the XFL, the USFL? I'm- I know he was coaching in one of those leagues of originally. I know he's not coaching anywhere like um, in the league. But No, no. I knew it was one of those leagues. But I was wondering if he, you know, took the XFL job hoping that he'd land in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Close <laughs> proximity. Yeah, it was just like, all right, well, if, you know, if I get the Pittsburgh team. at least No, the USFL. I think it's the USFL that has yeah. the Pittsburgh team and they all play in Alabama this year. And then next year they'll, which I don't know where you're going to put another football team in Pittsburgh because there's no way Art Rooney is going to be like, yeah, you can just go destroy our field on when do they play Saturdays in the spring? Yeah, I guess maybe they could. I don't know. Todd Haley would be, I would love to just, I've never met Todd Haley. So I would like to interview Todd Haley. You know, I got, I got Randy Feekner. I got Keith Butler. People disliked Keith Butler. Let me tell you. He was my favorite person to talk to every single week. You never knew what was going to come out of his mouth ever. He's a, good guy. a great guy. He was a great human being, like great human being. So was Randy. Randy was two incredible guys, you know, maybe not the best coaches, but like you would see, you would watch the PR guys stand there. And like, as Keith was talking, their eyes would just be like, oh, and you'd be like, yeah, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Like when he called yeah. Stefan to it fat, he was like, yep, yeah, you know, like, you know, he's he's out of shape. And everybody's like, oh, I didn't know that one. And then he was like, he's got a knee injury. Like, didn't know that one either, huh? Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, Keith was the guy. Keith was the guy. I think Todd Haley would be a little bit of the same, especially if he had a quarterback that he could mold himself. I'd love it. Um, oh, gosh. Some of the comments are great. Um, all right. Last thing left. Best part of the week. Let me... I don't know what we are right now. I think we're both. You didn't I'm get to do it. <laughs> You're 0 2? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went Steelers week two, 2017. Um, week one, you went Bengals. Yep. Yep. Should have won by a touchdown. Yeah, you you are. You're rough right now. I'm uh Shambles. I'm one and I'm one and two, sitting strong with the Steelers. Heading into week four, New York Jets. Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favorite, 41 and a half over under, which is a high over under, if you're asking me. Very high over well, under. It was 38 against Cleveland, right? 37 and a half. It was 37. <laughs> and I only know that because I took the under, just like everybody else. And here we are 41 and a half, three and a half point favorites. Zach Wilson at home. Okay, let me ask this. I asked I asked Steven this before I ask you your score prediction. Do you think there's a possibility Kenny Chance start as Mitch gets introduced on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, probably. Thank uh, you. Steven was like, no way. I'll I'm say, like, I don't know, I'll man. Say the boo, I'll say the Boo Birds are out if they go three and out on their first possession. <laughs> oh, the Boo Birds are loud. 
loud. Kenny Pickett chants would be heard. I live about 20 minutes from the stadium. I bet you my fiance hears them sitting yeah. on the couch by the time. Oh, easy. But I said, Stephen was like, no, no way. Got to have more class than that. I'm like, I, Steelers fans don't, they do not care about class. They are hard-nosed, true-blooded, love the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And you, I love everything about that life. I would fully expect some booze, at least a little bit of booze as he's, and now at quarterback, number 10, Kenny. I could see it. I can <laughs> see it happening right now. All right. Three and a half point favorites, 41 and a half over under. Steelers, Jets, week four. What do you got? I'm taking the Steelers. Um, Let me get my pen ready. I'm documenting them all of them this year. And I guess give me the over. I don't feel great about Ooh. it. <laughs> oh, I don't feel great about it um, whatsoever. Maybe like a little bit of a backdoor over. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Steelers this week. And then I'll, I'll take the over. You got a score. Over uh, 41 and a half. Three and a half. 24 so I won by a touchdown. 24 20. Yeah. You've got, you're always right around the same. What was your. Last week it was like 24-20. Yeah. Cleveland. It's all No, I didn't I, I didn't get to pick the Cleveland game because it was on Thursday. Oh, true, 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 true. All right. 24-20 Steelers. I'm like I said, I'm documenting every single one of these. The end of the season, we're going by. Losers. I don't know what losers doing. Losers buying first round of drinks at the combine. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Over under 41 and a half. Wow, that's tough. That's really tough. Because <laughs> all you have to do is score a touchdown. Like the the offense scores two touchdowns. I fully expect it to hit the over, but like you're asking so much. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they come out guns a blazing. George Pickens catches a touchdown early, right off the bat. Najee Harris breaks a run. He gets in the end zone as well. Maybe Jalen Warren, one of the two. So I'm gonna go with the under as well. I'm also gonna take the Steelers. I don't think there's any chance you walk in there two and three. Or one and four. I just I just don't see it happening. 24-20 was a good score. Um, so I have to have at least 22. How do you even get to 22? You can't. You can't. Um, I think the defense plays well, even without even without anything wrong. Like I think this is the game that like teases a little bit. You know what I mean? We're like all week in the locker room. It's like, Oh, we finally kicked. We finally clicked. We finally clicked. And then it's like Buffalo happened and you're like, Oh my God, what's going on right now? So I'm going to go 24, 14. Oh, that's not the, that's not over. It's under. That's under. All right. I'm taking the under I'm going under. Cause I don't think the jets are scoring more than 14 points. So I'm going 24, 14 Steelers. I'm feeling good about that. I'm still hammering in the under, but just because of the Jets. And uh, and we'll see what happens. See what happens. If we both walk out losers this week, I think at that point, you know, maybe we just start like predicting other games because we're just that bad. And, we're, and maybe right. at, to some degree, we might be the cause of all of this downfall. So blame us. Yeah, you could blame us. You could blame us. Um, 35-17. That's a lot of offensive touchdowns. It's a lot of offensive touchdowns. You get five turnovers, couldn't even score 35 points against Cincinnati. So we'll see. Take the weather if the weather's good. I like it all. I like it all. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much 
for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, go use, go use our promo code for 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Enjoy the weekend. I can't even say hammer the over or the under because we are undecided. So do what you're feeling. Go Steelers. We'll see you at Acrisure Stadium. Peace.